<clears throat> Good evening. It's wonderful to see everyone here. We want to thank everyone for being here with, with, with us tonight. As Ian said, it's wonderful to see everybody here. We appreciate you taking the time to be here with us tonight to worship, to study God's Word, to sing praises unto God. It's wonderful to be here with each other, to be near with each other, and we draw strength from each other just by being, uh, uh, just by being together. And we also ha have the opportunity to draw strength from singing with each other and getting to study God's Word. We are, we, we are continuing our study in the book of Acts. We are on Acts chapter 16. We're going to go, we're going to go, uh, go through some things, uh, some stories that, that might seem familiar to you, but I hope that we can examine the, uh, the, the, the scriptures tonight and draw some new things out of them that we can be benefited, we can be blessed and edified and encouraged as we go about our daily lives. We had just ended Acts chapter, uh, uh, Acts chapter 15 that Brother Aaron did last week. And in that, in that chapter that we see that, that there, there was some, some thoughts, some some people wanting to bring the law of Moses back into what's going on now, into, into Christianity, wanting to say that you must be circumcised and keep the law of Moses if you're going to be saved. And that's not true. And we see that Barnabas and Paul, or Paul and Barnabas, very much withstood this, saying that that is not necessary, that why should, should we go back into bondage when we have been freed from Christ? And we see that, that there was a lot of thoughts there. There were some things. So we, they had to go back to uh, Jerusalem which is here, that to go back to uh, 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 Jerusalem to a council there with the apostles and, and the elders and, and, and talk about these things and study these things. And they, they, all, they came to the uh, conclusion that you do not have to do, that you do not have to be circumcised, but they said there are some things that, that you don't need to do. There's some, some things that, 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 you, that you need to stay, stay away from, things that are sacrificed to idols and, and blood and, and, and things of that nature. We're going to read those verses too. And then... Once they do that, they write a letter. The elders there, they write this letter, and they send this letter with Barnabas and Paul to go take it to these churches so they can read this letter and see what needs to be done. And at the end of that chapter, there was a, a spat, so to speak. There was an argument. There was Barnabas who wanted to take Mark. Mark was the one that left them in, in, in Pamphylia, which I don't have on this map, but I'll have on my next map. And... So there was kind of a fight, so to speak, that these two men, these godly men, had an argument. They had a fight, and it was so hot, so to speak, that they separated. Barnabas took Mark off somewhere else, and they sailed. And then Paul took Silas, and they split up. But if you have read ahead, or perhaps you've studied Acts chapter 16, you might notice why I asked Ian to lead that song. It actually has Acts chapter 16 right, right there above that song. That even though these things are going on, that these human men are having some kind of arguments, that there, there's some things that are needing to be discussed, the light is still being sent. There are still men going about preaching God's word. And to me, it's encouraging when I think about that, that even if we have arguments or we have things, we can still go forth and preach God's word. And we can still bring that light to those people that need that light so that more souls can be saved. So when we think about that, send the light, the blessed gospel light, that's the book of Acts. That even though we are going through some difficult times with these people, or some difficult times that we're going to see Paul and Silas going through, send the light and it's a message for us to continue to do the same. In Acts chapter 15, verse 40, the ending there of last week where it says, And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended 
or encouraged by the brethren unto the grace of God, and he went through Syria and, and, the, and Cilicia, confirming the churches or encouraging the, ch the churches there. I kind of threw in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11, because we kind of end with, you know, Paul not wanting to take Mark, and Paul takes Silas, and Barnabas takes Mark, and it's kind of a little bit of an argument there. Well, I want us to understand that after a period of time, they were able to put those things aside. If you look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul writing there to Timothy, Paul says, Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. So they got over it. Whatever it was, they were able to get over that eventually and move on. And Paul here recognizes Mark or John Mark, the one that led them. He is profitable. That even though whatever happened there, he left them and he thought that they shouldn't leave him. Paul comes to the realization that he is profitable. So that was encouraging to me that they were able to get over that little spat there. This is my new map. So as we just read there that, that they were right here in Antioch, when they received that letter that, that, that Brother Aaron talked about of, of those things that they needed to go talk to those, those churches, they left and they went through here to Antioch, which is Syria, and that's when the, the argument happened and they split. And, and, uh, <clears throat> and Barnabas and, and Mark sailed to Cyprus, and then Paul took Silas and they went on this journey that I'm going to talk about here tonight. So we have here is Cilicia at Syria, and right here in, in Antioch is where that, that kind of split up happened there. They sailed away. Paul went here, and this is considered Paul's, or talked about as Paul's second missionary journey. And there's four missionary journeys. We're on the second one now, and we're going to get to go through all of them as we go through the, uh, the book of Acts. But it says that once that happened, Paul and Silas went through Syria and, and, and Cilicia encouraging the churches. So that's where we're at right now. And it kind of follows this, and we're going to actually cover a lot, a thousand, a thousand miles or so, a lot, of, a lot of distance here tonight through this map. Acts chapter 16, verse 1, starting here in, our, in our, our chapter for tonight, the Bible says, Then came he to Derbe and Lystria, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewish, and believed. But his father was a Greek which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystria and Iconium. So here, as, the, as, the, as they're, 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 they're traveling, they come across a certain person named Timotheus, who is Timothy. And Timothy is such an important character. And Timothy is someone that Paul relates to very well. He calls him his son in the faith. He is, he, he is, he, he's going to be an evangelist and go about spreading the gospel, doing all these works. And there's several letters. There's two letters that that Paul writes to Timothy first and 2 Timothy that we study today, that we can pick out those things, how we should act, or those things that we should do. So to me, it's profound that, hey, here's Timotheus. This is Timothy. This is the guy, the young guy. And he is a character that we're going to read more about as we go on. But it says there that his mother was a Jew. And it says that his father was Greek. So there's something that's about to happen here that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about. But before we do that, the map shows us that we were here 
and that they've now moved to Derby and Lystra, and Lystra. And it says that they meet Timotheus or, or Timothy here. And it says by the brethren at Lystra and Iconium. And you can see those are very close to each other. So there's, there's almost neighbors. They know each other. So it's, 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 it makes sense that Timothy here joins Paul and Silas right here. And those brethren in Iconium and Lystra also tell him, tell them that he is, is, is a disciple. He's well reported of them. He's, he's got a good report. And it says here in Acts chapter 16, verse 3, the Bible says, Him would Paul have to go forth with him. That Paul wants to take this young man and take him with him on this missionary journey and took him and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters or those regions, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they, they, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem, and so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. That's from Acts chapter 15 where it, where it says there in verse 4 that they, they delivered those decrees. That's Acts chapter 15 verse 29 where, where, where they said that, that you should abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from, for, and, and from a fornication from which ye should keep yourselves. Ye shall do well. That's, that, that's part, part of that letter. That's was those things that they want to make sure that these Greeks here or these Gentiles, these people that are coming into the church, stay away from. But it says here that Paul took Timothy and circumcised him. And it's almost like, what? We just got, Aaron just got done telling us all about that last week. It's like, you don't need to be circumcised, right? Is Paul taking a step back? Absolutely not. Paul is not taking a step back. You do not need to be circumcised and keep the law of Moses to be saved. We established that last week. That's not what's going on here. What's going on here is that because of those Jews in that region, he, he took and he circumcised Timothy. But why? Why, why? why do that? Is it necessary for Timothy to be circumcised to be saved? And the answer is no. But why do that there? And it says there that all those people in that region that you want to reach out to knew that his father was a Greek, right? So there's, there's this hang-up here. And to be honest, Timothy knew the scriptures from a child, and it's kind of odd that he's not already circumcised. You know, the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, when I, call to re 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 when I call to remembrance thy unfeigned faith that is in thee, this is Paul writing to Timothy, <clears throat> which first dwelt in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, which we just talked about there, and I am persuaded that is in thee also. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 says, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So he's known the Holy Scriptures from a child. His mom and his grandma has taught him this faith. <clears throat> so he's known. And to me, it's a little odd that he's not already circumcised. But his father is a Greek, so there's, there's a problem there. But what's the mission? The mission is to reach people that are lost. And the mission is to reach out to these people and bring them into Christ. And sometimes we need to do things. Maybe we need to do things in our lives that helps us reach those people. You know, Paul says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. If you have a Bible, if you would, I encourage you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning at verse 19. Paul here talks about himself. And it's something that he also talked to Timothy about. That is something that I, I think is going on here. That Paul says concerning himself in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning of verse 19. Here the Bible says, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain or win the more. 
Verse 20, unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without, being not without the law, law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. Verse 22, to the weak became I weak, that I might gain the weak. And I made all things to all men, that I might be be by all means save some. Verse 23, and thus I do do for the gospel's sake that I might be partaker thereof for you. See, what Paul is saying here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he's saying, if I need to be weak so that I can win the weak, I'm going to be weak. If I need to win the, 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 the Jews, I'm going to be like the Jews. Paul's mission is to save souls. And if Paul has to do these things to save those souls, he's going to do them. And he says, I do them for the gospel's sake. If circumcising Timothy gets his foot in the door of those Jews to preach the gospel of Christ and bring those souls saved, then I say amen for that. That's why they did that. That they already knew that he was well reported, but there was a hang up there. So it wasn't that he circumcised him for any type of salvation issue. It's so that he would be able more equipped to bring the gospel message to the Jews. And he wants to have that there. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, the next chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, the Bible says, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. By doing that, he's able to bring that edification to those Jews. And yeah, if you go back, or if you look and you study in, in, uh, in, in uh, Galatians, you'll see that Titus, who was another evangelist, wasn't persuaded to be circumcised, but his mission was not the same as Timothy's. Timothy went to the Jews, and he wanted to have that door open to the Jews, and that circumcision allowed him to do that. That's why he was circumcised. And it says there, for the Jews that were in that region. It's all about sending the light and bringing that gospel message. And sometimes in our lives, we need to do those things. That sometimes we might need to become weaker. We might need to become stronger. We might need to go somewhere that we don't want to go. If it brings souls to Christ, go do those things. Continuing on in our, in our study here in Acts chapter 16, verse 6, the Bible says, Now when they were, had all gone throughout <clears throat> Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden by the Holy Ghost <clears throat> to preach the word in Asia. <clears throat> Excuse me. After uh, uh, verse seven, after they uh, uh, they were come to Messiah, they essayed to go to Habithaniah, uh, 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 but the Spirit uh, suffered them not. And they, passing through Messiah, came down to Torres. And if you're interested, that's exactly how you pronounce those. <clears throat> so here they they, they leave, and the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit per, 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 uh, per, forbids them to preach in Asia. And that's in, interesting to me. So here, we're leaving Lystra and, and Iconium there. We have Timothy now. So Timothy, Paul, and Silas. And they're going through, and they're going around Asia, and, and, they, and they come through Phry, uh, Phrygia, which is it's a region. It's not a town. It's a region there. Just like Pamphylia, if that name sounds familiar, we had that in Acts chapter 2. These places here, and they're traveling, but it says there that they were forbidden by the Spirit to preach in Asia and Bithynia, which is, which is up here above um, um, Galatia. So they're traveling here, and they get to Torres, 
and that's where where they are where they are now. But why are they for, for, forbidden to go to Asia? The, the Bible says here in Acts chapter 16, verse 9, it says, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night, and there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately he endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering or concluding that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. You know, as, as, as we've been going studying the, uh, the book of Acts, we've said it's the Acts of the Apostles. We've also said the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Certain things are happening in order right there at Pentecost. That's where, where, where Peter gives that gospel sermon. They're at Cornelius' house where Peter has those keys and he opens the gospel there. It's certain things need to ha happen in certain orders. So here the Spirit says, or gives Paul this vision, Macedonia is where you need to go. Macedonia is where you need to be. And once they see that, they understand. Because at first, they're, they're wanting to preach here in Asia. And to me, it almost kind of makes sense because they're traveling through there. It's like, well, let's preach the gospel. But there's, and I'm not sure exactly what was forbidden from them going to Asia. And I'm not going to speculate. But Paul had a vision saying, you need to go to Macedonia. And that's very clear. It says the gospel needs to be preached in Macedonia. So he sees that vision and he goes to, uh, uh, to Macedonia. And here is Macedonia. So we, Paul and Silas and now Timothy have traveled a, a great distance here. And now they're at Torres and they're about to go over to Macedonia. But the Bible says in Acts chapter 16, Therefore, loosing from Torres, we came with a straight course to Samothiaca and the next day to uh, 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 Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. So now they've gotten to where we're about to get to the meat of this chapter. So we're here in Torres, and now they've sailed to Samothrace, or, 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 or Samothriaca. I didn't say that one right. And then to Neapolis, and now they're here at Philippi. And this is where we're going to complete our chapter here in Philippi, here in Macedonia now. So we, we travel basically from Antioch all the way here through Philippi, or to Philippi, because he heard that call that the gospel needs to be preached in Macedonia. Acts chapter 16, verse 13. Here the Bible says, And on the Sabbath we went out of the, of the city by, by a riverside where prayer was known to be made and we, we sat down and spake unto, unto the women which re, which re, uh, resorted thither and a certain woman named Lydia a seller of purple uh, uh, of the city of Thatira which worshiped God heard us whose heart the Lord opened that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul and when she was baptized and her household she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. So they're at, at Philippi now, and there's a riverside that they, it's known that prayer is made there. So that's where naturally these th guys want to go. Where is prayer being made to God? Let's go down to this riverside. And they meet some women there, and they, and they meet a certain woman named Lydia, who is a seller of purple. And it says there that the Lord had opened her heart to hear that message that Paul was preaching, that one of the reasons why they're going through to Macedonia to, to send that light. 
And it said that she believed that message and that she was baptized and that she was saved. And it said in all her household, too. I mean, that is a great thing. It's not just Lydia. It is her household. That's, that, that's one of, of the great things that if we believe we are baptized, if we have the opportunity, bring your household with you and, and get all, everybody saved. So here she hears the word. She believes the word as she is baptized. She is added to the church that Christ purchased that Ian talked about last Sunday. She and her household are added to the church. The other thing that I wanted to point out about Lydia is her hospitality. She said, if you have judged me right, I want you to come into my house and let me take care of you. She probably fed them. She probably gave them a place to stay. That is a good, godly woman, not only leading her household to God and to Christ, but showing an example of being hospitable to these men. If that name of the city of Thyatira sounds familiar, it's because it's one of the seven churches of Asia that was talked about in in. in, in revelations so i had this map, map up here one more time one because i like my map two because i wanted to to kind of point something out that was a little odd to me and make sure that we clarify that before we move on from the map it says there that they are in philippi now and that lydia is a seller of purple from the city of, of, the, of the tyra well that's here that's in asia so just to clarify that to, to, uh, to me it, it could have been just saying that she was born here she is from here and she's here, but it says her household. She has a household there. It's not that she's there. She, she has a dwelling place. And, and, and we're going to see that dwelling place again at the end of, of this chapter. So just so there's no confusion, we are here at Philippi. But this lady, she, she could have been traveling to sell her, her, her goods. She's a seller of purple, but she also has a home there, so she could have moved there. Because if I moved to, to Red River, New Mexico for a couple months, and they're like, hey, where are you from? I'm from Pampa, Texas. That's what I'm immediately going to say. So just to make sure that we understand that that's where she was born, but she's here in Philippi, and she has a dwelling place there. So we're not confused as we leave my map. Acts chapter 16 Verses 16. Here the Bible says, And it came to pass, as we went, we went to prayer, probably the same place, probably that same riverside, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us, and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. <clears throat> and this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that same hour. <clears throat> Excuse me. So this is going on for several days. They're going down to pray. And this damsel or this girl who is possessed with this demon, basically, is going about saying these things every day. What, what does she say? These are the servants of the high, most high God, which shows them the way of salvation. She's correct. She's just, the, the, the spirit is not wrong. And it reminded me of James chapter 2, verse 19, where it says, Thou believest there is one God that doest well. The devils also believe in and tremble. So they, they know what's going on. He knew who these people were. And then, but Paul, casting the spirit out. And when I first read this many years ago, I had the thought that Paul is just tired of hearing this. And Paul probably is tired of hearing this. But is that the sole reason? No, he cast this out to free this damsel. 
to free this person who is demon-possessed because she's basically a slave. She's possessed, and these people are using her for money. So she's a possessed slave, basically, and Paul saves that. But there's, the, the, there's also this. Many people knew that this was a, a, a possessed damsel. And this possessed damsel is saying, these are the servants of the Most High God who shows you the way of salvation. Not a wrong statement, but not the kind of person or thing that you might want promoting you. So Paul is just like, I don't want you saying that. I don't want you to possess this lady anymore or this damsel. And he cast her out. So there's, I think there's more to it than he was just tired of listening to that, that spirit there. I think there's more to it than that. But regardless, <clears throat> Paul cast out the spirit or this demon, so to speak, out of this damsel. And it says there in Acts chapter 16, verse 19, And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them unto the marketplace, unto the rulers, and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. You know, these men are, are, are upset about one thing. Their money is gone. They were making money off of this damsel, off of this woman. And instead of rejoicing that the spirit of, 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 of a divination is gone, they're just thinking about their money. And it's gone, so they're upset. So they drag them and they say all these things. They exceedingly trouble our city. No, they don't. Uh, they teach customs which are not lawful to receive. They're very lawful to receive, but their money is gone. But when they hear these things, those magistrates there, those chief people there of the, of the city are, are upset. So what happens here? It says in Acts chapter 16, verse 22, the Bible says, And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. So these men bring these, these accusations against Paul and, and Silas and those that, that are with them, Luke. And <clears throat> it says there that they beat them. And it says that they laid many stripes. And, and I'm not talking about just, just like a little bit. They, they, they're basically scourged here. They're beat and they're th thrown in, in prison and not just prison, the inner prison. And not just the inner prison, their feet are locked up to the stocks. They're basically chained in the lowest part of the dungeon, so to speak. Why? Because they cast a demon out. And these people lost their money. And their greed has sent Paul and Silas down into this prison. And they're locked up, and they're locked up tight. It's not that there's going to be a way that they could slip out. There's not going to be a way that they, they, they can escape. They are, they are there for good. And this jailer receiving this charge locks them up. And it says here in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. You know, when I think of this happening to me, I normally don't think about singing praises. But they are going about doing God's work. They're sending the light. They're spreading the gospel. And they're beat for it and thrown in prison. And what do they do? They pray and they sing praises unto God. Praises unto God. God, you are great. God, you are wonderful. God, you are mercy. God, you are just. 
as they're sitting in prison. But God is always worthy of our praise, no matter what our situation is in life. And this is an example. And it says there that a great earthquake and the, and the, the, the prison is shaken and all their, their, their locks, their handcuffs, so to speak, is not handcuffs, but their chains fall off. It's a miraculous event. You know, in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, if you recall from Acts chapter 4, verse 31, there was also where it said there that they, and they prayed in the place where they assembled, was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. There's still boldness here. They have that boldness, and the place is shaken, and everyone's bands were loosed. That's a great example for us. It says here in Acts chapter 16, verse 27, And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. And Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. This man's, this man's job was to keep these prisoners in prison. And in Rome, apparently, if you fail to do that, he said, you might as well kill yourself because that's what's going to happen. They're going to kill you because you didn't do your job. You let all these prisoners escape. Paul says, hold on, it's fine. We're all still here. And it says there that he sprang in and he was trembling. I mean, this had to be, I, I, I keep putting myself in the jailer's shoes this time. It's like, just think about the jailer. That's your job, and you thought that you didn't do your job, and the place is shaking, and you wake up, and the prisoners are all, all the doors are open. It's like, this is the end. <clears throat> and Paul say, we're still here. Do thyself no harm. It had to be an amazing sight, an amazing experience, an amazing sight for that Philippian jailer. And it says here in verse 30, and brought them out, the jailer brought them out, and says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in the house, that were in his house. And he took them the same hour at nine to wash their stripes and was baptized, he and, his, and all his, straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. You know, what's amazing is that the, the things that are going on with Paul and Silas, that they are sent by the Spirit. The Spirit said, don't go to Asia. You need to go to Macedonia. So they go to, Ma Mace uh, to Macedonia, and then they see this damsel. They cast out this damsel as, as they're sitting there. Then they get thrown in prison. They're beat. They're thrown in prison. And the result of all these things is the Philippian jailer and his household are saved. It's just an, it's an amazing event. It's an amazing story. He asked the question, what must I do to be saved? And now I think of Paul. Because if, if you recall, Paul asked the same question whenever he was on that road to Damascus. And, and Jesus came to him and said, what must I do? It's, it's, it's almost the exact same question. And he said, it will be told thee what thou must do. And it says, and then, then Paul gets that same message. He said, why are you waiting? Why are you tarrying thou? Rise and be baptized, calling on the name of the Lord, and have your sins washed away. So it's wonderful. Paul is the perfect messenger. He understands exactly how this Philippian jailer is feeling. And he understands that question. He's like, here's what you need to do. You need to believe. Well, he didn't know anything about Jesus Christ, probably. Here, they speak him the word of the Lord. What, what do you think that was? That was the gospel message. 
They went to Macedonia to preach the gospel message, to send the light, and they're sending the light to this Philippian jailer and all his house. After they taught him the word, he heard the word, and he believed the word, and then he was baptized, as we studied last Wednesday, he was added to the church and all his household. It wasn't that all you have to do is believe, because then you could take three or four of these verses and cut them out. But we don't cut verses out, out, out of the Bible. We read them, and we study them in the full context there. And this man was baptized. And it said that he was baptized straightway. If you look up that word straightway in strong, it says instantly, immediately. That's how urgent it was. Once he heard the message and he knew how he could be saved, it wasn't that he was going to wait till next week. It wasn't going to wait for a gathering. He wasn't going to wait to be baptized into somebody's church. He said, we're going to do it right now because there's no time like now to be baptized and to be saved. And that's the same message for us today, same message that we can bring to others. He, he brought them out, he cleaned and washed their stripes, and he fed them, and he rejoiced, believing in God with all his household. I bet you that's not what the Philippian jailer thought was going to happen when he took those guys and put them in prison. The whole life has changed now. Acts chapter 16, verse 35. And the Bible says, And when it was day, the magistrates sent the, the surgeons, or, or that's, that, that's the scourges there, those, those, those people there, saying, Let these men go. And the keeper of the other prison told this, saying to Paul, The magistrates are sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. And Paul said unto them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned, being Romans, and have cast us into prison. And now do they thrust us out privily or privately? He says, Nay, verily, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. So here they, 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 they see what's happening. They say, Hey, look. Just tell these guys that they can go. Just get them out, go peacefully. And Paul said, no, the magistrates, the ones that they were brought to, the magistrates are the ones that these men brought them to and said, we lost our money. Here's all these accusations. What should we do? The magistrates are the one that put them in prison. He said, those men can come get us because for one, Paul says, we're Romans. Paul is, is, is a Roman and there is nothing wrong with him, him pleading or talking about his Roman rights. It wasn't right for them to do that to a Roman. Much like we t uh, today have, those, have rights as, as Americans, we would plead towards those rights if something wrong happened to us. I think that's a similar thing going on here. And Paul says, you can have them come and fetch us out. So the, the, the day has come. They have been released here from prison. And that is wonderful. But the most wonderful thing is what happened to that Philippian jailer in his household. They heard the gospel message and they were saved. And, and the surgeons, verse 38, told these words unto the magistrates and they feared when they heard that they were Romans. Just like we talked about, they're like, they're Romans. And you know, this is not the first time that Paul does it. As we go throughout the book of Acts, we're going to see Paul bring up his Roman citizenship again. He said, he said, I'm a Roman. And once they hear that, they feared because you are not supposed to do that. They have rights as a citizen of Rome. So once they heard that, they were very much encouraged to come on out and please go. Verse 39, and they came and besought them and brought them out and desired or asked them to depart out of the city. Verse 40, and they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them and departed. You know, you want to bring up Lydia one more time. I was like, once they were released from prison, where did they go? To Lydia. That's the one that had been keeping them. That was the one that was hospitable. Lydia could have been praying. Lydia could have been waiting for them. She was ready to help out in any way that she could. 
And once they were released from prison, not only they went and saw the brethren and they comforted the brethren, and then they departed. Now, I'm not sure the exact span of time. And I've never been beaten like that before, but it had to hurt. But it didn't matter because they were supposed to send the light. They made sure that they comforted uh, 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 the brethren there. They took some time, but they continued their missionary journey. And it's encouraging for us that when life beats us down or, or, or things happen to us or we feel like we're in some kind of a prison, so to speak, that we can continue, that we can go on because it needs to happen. If you think about all the apostles as we go through the, out the book of Acts or you think those other men with the apostles, that they just gave up after shipwrecks and beatings and all these things, then the gospel would not have spread. And I have not had anything as difficult in my life as what we just read there. So there's no excuse. Continue to spread that gospel, because spread that message so that maybe you'll encounter some Philippian jailer and you can bring them in their household to Christ. It's very encouraging as we see this, these men going about spreading the word of God. It's very interesting how that happens and where it needs to happen. And never knowing the minds of those present, that there's someone here who has heard that call, who has heard that message there, who wishes to be baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who wishes to have that life renewed, to be born again, to be added to that church, as, as we talked about. We have water here behind me. We're prepared to, to assist you in that. If you are a child of God and you are going through a struggle, as you're going through a tough time, maybe you're in a mental or a spiritual prison here yourself, there is help. And we would love to help you if we can pray for you or if there's anything that we can do to help you. We'd ask you please come sit on the front row and make your wishes known as we stand and we sing.